In our Fast Beat, the CEO episode of 2022, we meet David Okutu from Kafunda Creatives. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Kafunda Creatives has built a reputation as a fellowship of creatives, not just learning from each other, but collaborating to build brands. Today we meet the team lead and CEO, David Okutu. Who is David Okutu? Um, and in this moment, I'm a husband, um, a father. I like to refer to myself as a creative enabler because uh, for you know the last many, many years, maybe um, 13, 14 years, I've been very, very passionate about helping people find purpose, especially helping creatives find purpose and be the best possible version of creatives they can be. Um, and I've done that in multiple capacities and now I'm doing it under Kafunda Creative. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I, I dream of, you know, even if it's just one person whose life has been impacted by the work that I do, one creative who has been able to put food on the table and things like that. Um, I'd like to be able to give them the resources and the opportunities that I never had as a creative uh, or that I wish I had had, uh, you know, beginning of my career as a creative. So, uh, but, you know, on top of all those things, um, I podcast journalist, I am an, um, you know, audio engineer. Um, I do a bit of photography. Um, I do a bit of video here and there. So I do a lot of things and I I like to be able to just learn new things pretty much as often as I can. Yeah. How did Kafunda Creatives come to life? So the Kafunda Creative, simply put, um, is a fellowship of creatives learning from one another, growing together, and collaborating to create uh, brands, products, and services that kick ass. That's that's that, that's what it is. Um, and the backstory um, is many years ago, uh, maybe around 2013, 2012, um, I used to live in Wandegear, right? Uh, this flat above certain shops. There's, you know, Wandegear has that sort of mixed architecture thing going on. And I used to live, you know, in one of those places. And because, you know, me and a bunch of my friends, um, you know, were not very, to put it nicely, we, we didn't have enough money to just go out, but we really didn't want to go out, wanted to hang out, wanted to have a good time. Uh, and so what normally would happen is we'd, you know, get into Wandegear, you know, buy a couple of drinks, go down, get some TV chicken, go up to my flat, and and then we just you know put the radio on and just and just hang out. Um, it was the most affordable way for us to do it, right? And and the place soon uh, became to be called the Kafunda, right? Um, you see where this is going, right? Uh, but oftentimes, what would happen is that when we'd meet, you know, in the middle of like 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 it happens sometimes, you know, when you're drinking and stuff like that, and then you know someone says something, oh, I'm struggling with this thing, and then you know someone else says, hey, maybe you can try this. I did this; it worked. And a lot of us were in the creative sector, and we found ourselves struggling with the same exact problems. Um, and you know, access to tools, access to education, access to markets. Um, you know, those were the three things that kept ringing on. And I remember us sitting down one day um, because there had been quite a couple of breakthroughs for people that had come through these discussions and stuff like that and this collaboration. And someone said, look, why don't we just turn this into a thing? Why don't we scale it, right? Why don't we just, what, what, if, what if this was a thing that other people could access? Yeah. 
And I remember that evening, <clears throat> you know, I pulled out my computer, we did the logo, we did the brand, we gave it a name, um, and, and Kafunda Creative was born, you know, you know, out of that, uh, with the desire um, that it can be able to give creatives and to answer the questions that we're asking ourselves at that point. How do we uh, upskill ourselves affordably? Because creative education is really expensive. Um, and so, you know, answer that question. Um, how do we uh, get access to tools? Because creative tools are really expensive. And that's both, um, <clears throat> sorry, that's both physical tools in terms of gear, but also they're what we call soft tools, you know, legal help, uh, admin help, things like that, that go into an industry that not a lot of people are looking at. So you're not going to find, you know, very many lawyers, um, you know, working to, I mean, now, yes, before then, you know, IP and stuff like that was there, but not many people were um, sort of focusing in that area. Um, you know, and how are we going to find the access to market? <coughs> because, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> how are we going to find the access to market? Uh, because as much as, there were lots of creatives. Um, the exposure to market was limited to people who were either in the agency or, or, or things like that. So, uh, you know, how good creatives and exposure so people can be able to find the creatives that they need. And so Kafunda Creative was born out of that need to be able to answer those three questions. Um, and that really just sort of encompasses our purpose and what we're trying to do is that we skill, we tool, and we grow top creative talent, connecting them to valuable work. Um, so, so that's pretty much, uh, you know, what Kafunda Creative is. Um, yeah. Koi Koi Uganda was a big defining moment for Kafunda. Tell us more about it and what did it do for the creative community? A couple of years ago, um, I had written this tourism campaign. Um, I think I first wrote it when I think Uganda was turning 50 or 51 or something like that. I don't remember, you know, but it was it was one of those big celebrations and I felt that there was a need, um, you know, to do something about it. But then again, you know, nothing had ever happened. Um, but I remember, uh, I think it was about 2013 or 2014, you know, when I called up um, two people. I called up a friend of mine called Colin Asimwe and I called up uh, another friend called Johnny Tamfanunji. And, you know, we sat in this, this, we sat at Java's uh, and I started sharing with them, you know, what I wanted to do with this, with this tourism campaign, but also what I wanted to do for creatives, um, um, you know, like, like just a sort of like the, the broad strokes of the dream, right? Um, and I remember Colin removing his napkin, pulling out a napkin from, you know, the coffee, the, the, the napkin thing on the table. And we started to jot these things down. And really, the, the, the substance of the company was born from that conversation. Because before, it was just an idea floating around. And then the substance of the company was born from just writing, okay, what are we going to do and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, we decided there and then, let's put the company together. Let's incorporate it. Um, so, you know, Kafunda Creative became official um, around that time, um, you know, with, uh, started by myself uh, calling the same way and Johnny Tavan Nunji. And, and one of the first things that we did um, is do the campaign Koi Koi UG. I don't know if you remember that. And the idea behind that campaign was two things. One, um, we were looking, I don't know if you remember in the beginning how I said a fellowship of creatives 
collaborating to create products at Kickass. So we were looking for um, a way to test this, <laughs> to test this collaboration and what and what could come out of it, right? And we were looking for a, a big brand and a big product to do it on. And what better way to do it than on, on product Uganda, which all of us were deeply passionate about. Uh, but also at that time, I think Uganda had just been through um, the elect- an election. And, you know, when you Google the country, um, a lot of the images that you found were really um, images synonymous with Uganda's elections. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so, you know, the, the idea was how can creatives provide a solution to this problem? Um, and so we set out a target and said we want to put a million brilliant images of Uganda on the internet. Um, so that, not that we are running away from, you know, the other relations of the country, but the, the thought was that we would like to, at the very least, give a balanced image of Uganda on the internet. So, you know, that's what happened. And we started, um, you know, the Koiko Yuji campaign and we started it with the Kampala Instant Meet. We just put out a call and said, hey, if you're a photographer and you just like to walk around Kampala with us with a camera and shoot this stuff, it would be really great. And lots of photographers came through. I mean, people I'd never met. I was just, and some friendships have been made there that, you know, I have up to this day. So, yeah, we did the, the Instant Meet um, the Kampala one and Profunda Creatives has evolved to a marketplace for creative services. Walk us through that journey. I always dreamed of say, let's launch a marketplace where people can book all these creatives. I remember sitting down and 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 you know just designing the marketplace on this no-code software and just putting it out, right? And and the response was great. You'd have people come, oh, you know, can you photograph this for me? Can you design this for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? And, and, and so, you know, there was a sort of proof of concept there it was, you know, not, not too many jobs, but there was a proof of concept that people could need this service. Right. Um, and we started to just talk about, you know, how it would work, how it would evolve, the services would offer, uh, you know, and, and for my interactions, not just with the people who are coming in, like for one off jobs, uh, and say, do me a logo, do me this, uh, someone came, can you guys do me a website? Can you guys do this? Uh, but also there were people who said, okay, you know what? I'd like a longer time engagement with you people uh, and stuff like that. So, so those things drove um, how we built out the service that is Kafunda Creative at this point, um, where you can interact with us in three different ways, right? You can just come in and say, you know what? I just need a one-off you know, video, one-off job, one-off this, and, and, and I'm just going to go. And, and that was originally our first service. It's called the poster job service. Then, you know, because of our interaction, people introduced the talent scout service because someone came to us and said, hey, I need a graphic designer attached to my organization. Uh, but, you know, you guys handle all this stuff, the management and stuff like that. And we're like, fine, we'll do it. Um, so it was first called Attach a Creative and then change to Talent Scout. Um, and, you know, that way, if you're doing a six-month project, eight-month project, two-year project, and you want someone attached to your organization who is going to understand your brand. Um, and, and, and so you're not explaining these things to, to people every single time you're hiring someone. But also, you, don't have the, you have the backing of a creative director who you know, sits at Kafunda and you know, just gives you a bit of um, extra value in that way. Uh, but also does the supervising of the projects to make sure they're out on time and stuff like that. So you don't have to worry with that. You're just worried about the results of the work, right? Um, and so, you know, that was born. And then there were a couple of people who came and said, Hey, you know, I need this sort of 
like hybrid agency service. So, you know, some digital media here, uh, some strategy here and stuff like that. And, you know, then we, you know, form the creative circle, which is basically what happens is that we put together this super team of freelancers based on the needs that you want to work with you for a period of time. So you have your own personalized agency based on your needs. So it's sort of a sort of cookie cutter type thing. So that's the evolution of, of, of Kafunda. And um, it's been an interesting, um, interesting journey. Uh, you know, we've, we've worked with some really exciting people. Um, we've worked with, um, you know, you know, musicians and budding companies and stuff like that. And we've worked with some exciting startups uh, and, I can't really wait for, you know, what it's, what it, what it can become because I mean, there has been a taste uh, of, of what it can become, but also of the impact, um, you know, we can make to creatives. Um, we, in the last two years, we've paid out. And maybe I look at the data again. Um, but I know last year we paid out close to a hundred million shillings. Um, to creatives and creative businesses, uh, creative support businesses like printers and blah, blah, and stuff like that, but also actual designers, uh, actual writers. Um, so it's been an interesting journey and it would be interesting to see, you know, what this can become. Uh, we have a bunch of really exciting, talented people on the platform. What were the dynamics of the pandemic on the gig economy? So I think COVID, in as much as it was devastating, um, brought the gig economy to the forefront. You know, as companies were evaluating, uh, you know, how to cut down on certain things, um, you know, how to be more efficient, uh, you know, what happens if we're closed up for a much longer period of time? Do we need X, Y, and Z? So as all those things were happening, what came to the forefront was the gig economy. People who, you know, you're, who are coming to your company for a limited period of time to give you the kind of work that you need, probably at a lower price than the person that you'd pay in-house because, you know, you save costs on certain things. Um, and so it provided a jump-off point. I mean, the economy has been around, but it hasn't, especially in, you know, economies like Uganda, they, there wasn't much appreciation for it. Um, but, you know, COVID showed people that, you know, you, when, if, if, 80,000, 80,000 people, that might be, but if 80 different businesses that are, you know, trying to sell people food are putting their stuff on the internet, then you're going to have to need a graphic designer and, you know, or a copywriter, stuff like that, to make your stuff stand out, right? And 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 so um, the gig economy um, was more appreciated um, because of the COVID-19 lockdowns, the, the results of, of COVID-19, which was the lockdowns and stuff like that. Yeah, and... and I think it has created a, a point which people are not necessarily going to go back from. Uh, people have tasted that it's possible to do, you know, high quality work with freelancers. Uh, and you're going to find more and more people, you know, um, just open to the idea um, because it's more affordable. Um, you know, you don't have to commit for, you know, such a long period of time. And, and there are lots of advantages that come with it. Um, especially for companies that are just starting out, but even even huge companies that are just trying to say, hey, we need to figure out how to manage this cost. So if we're running, uh, you know, four campaigns a year and those campaigns, uh, you know, creative is done uh, one month, you know, of that year, then why am I paying? So that's technically four months of work. The rest is just running and monitoring. 
why am I paying an agency for 12 months? You know, you know there are those conversations. Um, so, so I'm excited about what it can be. What is the future of Kafunda Creatives? So the future of Kafunda, um, we have a thing that we have started talking about inter- internally. Um, I'm just saying the dream is that somewhere along this journey that and we'll be able to get a girl from Yumbe with average education, um, provide them the skill and the tools that they need to get into creative practice um, and them be able to make money that can help them sustain and, you know, contribute to their communities or, you know, take their sibling to school or stuff like that. That, that, that for me is where the heart is. And, and so the future of Kafunda is saying, okay, fine. How do we um, not make ourselves a Kampala company? And, um, you know, are able to impact creatives around the country uh, for starters, right? But also get clients from around the country. Um, but also, how do we, uh, you know, scale this across Africa, right? Scale this Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, South Africa, you know, Nigeria. Uh, that's the dream, to, to, to create Africa's biggest community um, of freelance creatives. And it's not just the get work part, but it's in the opportunity to create collaborations across the continent. Um, so, I mean, it would be really exciting to figure out how a, you know, writer from Nigeria is working with a photographer from Uganda to create this, this project. I mean, that's the dream. So that's what we're trying to work at. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to achieve it. Um, yeah, so I mean, the future is 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 seeing a world where people, um, regardless of their background, um, you know, creed, um, just like regardless of where they come from, are able to uh, make a decent living from creative practice. That was David Agutu, team lead at Kafunda Creatives. Now, a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. In Mauritius, tourist arrivals fell by 24.2% month-on-month to 49,964 in December, largely due to the implementation of the travel ban on several African countries. The embargo was triggered by the new Omicron variant, which caused authorities to suspend all commercial flights from South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, Namibia and Eswatini from November 27th. The ban on South Africa in particular had a notable impact as Mauritius has always been a popular holiday destination for many South Africans over the festive season. In December, Europe accounted for 90.2% of all tourist arrivals, followed by Asia at 4.7%, Africa at 2.8%, and the Americas at 1.9%. The above-mentioned ban was lifted on January 7th, which comes as a major relief as authorities initially wanted to extend the ban until January Third, the Association of Southern African Travel Agents had been lobbying the Mauritian government to lift the ban. The Mauritius Tourism Promotion Authority subsequently released a statement saying that health authorities are maintaining strict COVID-19 preventative measures and have prioritized rollout of booster shots. And a look at our markets, Cocoa Futures traded close to 
2,600 US dollars a ton in the second week of January, the highest since December 15th, amid firm demand and tight supplies. Data shows that cocoa grind in top producer ivory cost rose almost 2% year on year in December to 52,000 tons. Whereas on the supply side, cocoa arrivals at port in ivory cost fell 6.4% year-on-year during October to January 9th period. Traders also expect improved demand conditions in the fourth quarter grinding data of Europe, Asia and the US due next week. Meanwhile, light trains and mild seasonal winds in most of ivory cost cocoa-growing regions raised outlook for both October to March and April to September crops. Elsewhere, the International Cocoa Organization in its recent report projected that global demand for cocoa would go up by 9.4 million tons in 2021-2022 cropping season, whereas production would rise by 5.2 million tons due to better weather conditions in major producing countries. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at With a Dog.